When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, well use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Everybody, it is Jay Scott. What's going on with Shaken? How you doing? It is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy. To my West Coast listeners up and down the coast from Washington all the way down to California. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are safe. I hope your family's safe and your loved ones. It is tragic. That is what is happening out there right now and the images that we've seen are horrific so please stay safe and find shelter or do whatever you can to get out of that mess if you're in danger my thoughts are with you guys our thoughts are with you guys so please uh please stay safe getting back to the rock talk that we are here for you that we're doing for you i'd like to welcome back repeat offender repeat guest christy and eagle what's going on how are you hi jay thanks for having me back i really appreciate it i'm doing as good as possible in southern california kind of indoors uh, with the air conditioning um because you can't really breathe the air and it's orange and ashy and hopefully i don't have to evacuate in the middle of this podcast so (laughs) Well, like I said, as long as we finish, as long as we finish, just keep your phone on and we can keep talking as you're headed to the shelter. (laughs) It is crazy. You know, I mean, you're in, we're in the midst of a pandemic, which is horrible. Um, California has been affected, you know, in a, in a Horrifying. horrifying way with the pandemic. And now you have this heat wave that's gone on. Last week, I think it was, what, 118 in some spots in California. And now you've got the fires in Northern California that are affecting, obviously, Southern California. You've got the fires up in Oregon, in Washington. It is crazy. Devastating. And devastating. devastating. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to hear from my friends all up and down the West Coast. Um, I think a lot are evacuated, and it's hard to communicate. So I'm just fingers crossed that everybody is safe, and you know, because buildings can be replaced, y'all. So, you know, evacuations. I think there's like 
over half a million people evacuated on the West Coast at this point. Uh, that, that was from yesterday. I don't know. Hopefully, I didn't check this morning. Sometimes it's just really hard to get back into that news because it's so depressing. So I have to limit it. But at the same time, I live in a fire zone on the top of a mountain, kind of, where lots of canyons covered with tinder. So I have to be vigilant and ready to go. And that's kind of life in California right now on the west up and down is everybody's got their go bag or their car packed and we're little we're watching twitter and we're just making sure because the thing about fire is out here everything could be totally cool at 10 o'clock and at 10.03 there could be a spark and everything combust and you've got like five minutes to get out of your house that's that's the reality with it so that, anyway yeah that's, <laughs> that's that a note. crazy reality i can't even wrap my head around that having your car packed ready to go mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. moment's notice, um, mm-hmm. that is that is just, I can't fathom. But you know, wracking. Yeah, gave me a pinch nerve. I can tell you, I've been kind of stressed out for for a couple weeks here. It has not been great, and the air quality here is so unhealthy. It is like ten times the hazardous level. Right? They're like, okay, three hundred is fine. We've been at like eight hundred to twelve hundred for the last five or six, seven days, maybe longer. So. Um, breathing is now people are wearing masks they're like oh we'll put the mask back on because we can't breathe this air you know so yeah I mean people the people that are opposing masks because of the panda- <laughs> pandemic are like well now you don't have a late choice because you know you're gonna your lungs are gonna be black if you don't wear one so oh, it's it's just yeah it's I, I don't know I, I don't have any words to really kind of describe what I've seen I mean I've I've seen pictures of red skies mm-hmm. and orange skies mm-hmm. and orange skies um it's just horrific um I know there's some followers that I haven't seen on my feed in a few days and I'm worried about them because I know they live in that area up there so you know I hope that they are safe and I hope their loved ones are safe but you know, if, if 2020 couldn't get any worse, um, it definitely has turned another corner in terms of worse um, with the fires. Yeah. And we still have, you know, three and a half months left. So who knows what's going to happen? I know we have the election coming up in November, uh. which I fear uh, it's just, you know, because no matter who wins, I just think that there's going to be craziness and chaos and uh, it's going to be a big, giant shit sandwich in that month. So, um, you know, yeah. um, I, I, I'm kind of speechless at this point. I just, I like, I'm out of a squares on my 2020 apocalyptic bingo. Okay, because yeah. I think I have a blackout with the, the California fires being the last uh, little square I had. Uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I just really hope people can chill out and we can just get through to the end of the year without any more catastrophes or, you know, massive loss of life or fights or anything, you know, I'm just fingers crossed that we can somehow, as a people, just kind of make it through, get through this year without any more trauma. That's what I would like. You know, and we do a music podcast here, and I've had messages sent to me over the last few months and thanking me and thanking the guests on this show for providing an escape for what's going on in their lives, you know, whether they're affected by this pandemic personally, whether they're affected by the lockdown personally and suffering from depression with nothing to do, you know, or just to keep their mind off of what's going on, whether it's these fires on the West Coast, 
or hurricane, hurricane, social injustice, social uprising. It's one thing. It's after, overwhelming. Yeah, it's overwhelming for a lot of people. So, you know, we'll continue to do this show and 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 hopefully mm-hmm. help you have an outlet for what's going on and kind of take your mind off of it for an hour or so. And we'll definitely, I promise, continue to do that. And Christy always brings knowledge and great thoughts and great opinions on whatever topic we're discussing, whether it's, you know, the demise of rock radio or, you know, the Grammy corruption. And today we're going to talk about Spotify or not just Spotify, but streaming services. And streaming services are the most popular form of accessibility for music. It's how the majority of people absorb music is through streaming, whether it's on their phone or on their computer, it's point, click, download, or point, click, play, and they have the music, whether it's Pandora, whether it's Spotify, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Amazon Music, whatever form of streaming you use, people are utilizing that. And it is the most popular, like I just said, but because it's the most popular, doesn't mean it's the best. As we know, when we see artists sell millions of records, whether it's Britney Spears or whether it's Justin Bieber, just because it sells a lot doesn't mean it's the best. It might be the best in terms of numbers of sales, but in terms of quality of music, certainly isn't. And that's always been my opinion about streaming is, yes, you have the accessibility anywhere you are to, to access music, but it's not necessarily the best for you in terms of the quality of the sonic sound of the streaming platform. Or it's not the best for the artists that you love, the guys that are creating music, the songwriters, the bands that are putting out these songs. You know, they're always going to create. They're always going to make music because that's what they do. They're musicians. They're artists. But as fans, we have a responsibility to give back to those bands. And I know that sounds kind of crazy. How, how can we give back? It's very simple. We can give back by just doing the right thing, like buying their albums physically. Or instead of just Mm -hmm. buying one song off the album, buy the whole album for Mm $9.99 or Mm $11.99 or whatever. That's going to help the artists. That's going to help them make more music and and be able to be a viable act. You know, when we're stealing music and we're downloading it from a third-party site that they're not getting paid for, not even even, even call it a third-party site, just like a – a, you know, a bootleg site or an underground site. It's one yeah. thing. It's one thing to collect bootlegs of like live shows of right. Van Halen in 1982 or Zeppelin <laughs> in 74 or 75. It's one thing to do that, or versus stealing the music they just created and not having them not see a penny of it. You know, so oh, yeah, exactly. You know, that's kind of where we're at. And and Spotify is the big dog in the race. They're the big fish. They're the ones that are basically yep. ahead you know, head and shoulders above everybody else in competition. And they're basically the biggest culprits of basically fucking the artists without any Vaseline when it really boils down to it. So, yeah. I'll read this headline to you. Uh, Music streaming revenues on course to grow by over 1 billion, with a B, in spite of everything in 2020. And... What it says here, the U.S. recorded music body, the RIAA, 
has revealed in a new report that the total recorded music retail revenues in the U.S. for the first six months of this year increased 5.6% to $5.65 billion. Okay. So that's a huge number, right? I can't even wrap my head around it. Uh, the majority of it probably going to Spotify. It doesn't break it down. It lumps them all together. Um, however, paid subscription, including limited tier subscriptions, grew 14% in uh, 2020, first half of 2020, um, accounting for 60% of the industry's total revenues for the period. And so out of that, Right, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, also, take Spotify's share, probably the lion's share. Um, seventy-five to, I'm sorry, fifty to seventy-five percent of those revenues are returned to the label, right? And only ten to fifteen percent go to the artist. So, uh, <laughs> a billion, the artist, all the artists, hundred. Uh, 100 million artists on Spotify, whatever they say there is, and 43,000 a day in their top 40 get 10 to 15%. And let's be fair, too. If we break down that number, you know, that's, you know, when you say 1 billion, you know, goes to the Mm -hmm. artist, you know, 10, you know, basically, Mm -hmm. that sounds like, well, that's a big number. But when you, Mm -hmm. when you consider the big artists that are on Spotify, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the big fish are eating, all right? Mm -hmm. But the artists that are new or the artists that are struggling to get their music out aren't seeing anything, barely anything. That's because they have a system called Pro Rata, where they don't pay you per stream, is they put all the streams per day and a pie and then divide it up. And and one of the things that um, there's a lot of people out there that would like to change that, and one of them is a hashtag you can follow out of the UK called Broken Record. Um, what's happening there is they're saying, why don't we go to a user-centric model? Um, and you guys can dig into that, and what it does is it more evenly distributes the money to the artist, right? So instead of everybody puts the money into the pot and then you divide it, which is not working at all, uh, for, like you said, you know, if you're not Beyonce or a BTS, Right, who just made twenty million dollars live streaming on the internet? <laughs> if you're not if you're not beloved by twelve year old girls the world over, you're going to have a different experience on Spotify. And one of the interesting quotes that I find that kind of you know I think frames the question is what is Spotify's goal? Right, what is their little goal? What is their mission statement? It's helping one million artists live off their art, right? That's what they say. But most of the money goes to the record label. So I I kind of see a dichotomy in their stated mission statement with the reality. And as you read about Spotify again and again and again, uh, this theme comes up that they want to help small people get discovered, independent artists, you know, get you on a, a playlist and help you grow. But really, you know, those artists are seeing, they're not seeing enough money to live on. I guess they're, that's the they're big, They're actually yeah. making minimum wage. Uh, so they right. say if you get 200,000 
you know, spins and streams, you're basically making minimum wage in a year. When you think about what we heard for a decade when Napster came out, we, th- we heard that this is going to kill the music industry, it's going to kill the labels, it's going to do all these things. You know, the label's getting 50% of 5.6 mm-hmm. billion doesn't mm-hmm. sound like they're going to go away anytime soon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, based on the fact that these streaming services have reoccurring revenue, I think uh, Spotify has 20 million subscribers now. 200 million. 200 million? Wait, 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 what do they have? No, I just looked it up. They've got, oh, I went, I had to go to Wiki. Where's my Wiki? They have a lot. So their subscriptions grew 14% in the first six months. But doesn't, I mean, 20 um, million, that's got to be domestic, I would imagine. Hold on, no, no, hold on. Spotify. Let's do paid subscriptions because they, they, the way they make money is through paid subscriptions right. and third-party advertising. Right. Does any uh-huh. of that advertising go to the labels, or is the basic subscriptions and streaming purchases does that go to the labels? Because I mean, so they don't really, they don't really say which one's going to which. Um, but definitely the labels are getting paid for sure out of the subscription. Right. I'm trying to find how many. And, I just uh, saw I just saw 20 million. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, but I mean, even 20 million, that's a huge number of subscribers. If you're, tra- if you're charging them nine ninety nine a month or 10 bucks a month or whatever. Nine ninety nine a month. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The, the number of paid subscriptions in the U S climbed to an average of 72.1 million. That was the first half of 2019. Where okay. 2000? Why is this old information? Um, I saw a really staggering number. Um, I think they have 299 million subscribers and only a hundred. Oh no, 299 million subscribers. 130 million. 138 million are paid. So okay. less than half. Okay. So they're making 5.6 billion off 138 million subscribers. Yeah, that's just right. So. So, but you, but you heard, you know, you basically heard that the music industry was going to be done when Napster, and they figured it out. Oh, they yeah. they adapted. <laughs> they basically yeah. took what, you know, they figured out a way to make money. They figured out a way to screw the musicians that are making money. And let's let's be fair, you know, your Taylor Swifts, your Beyonces, your Justin Timberlakes, your Coldplay's, those bands are fine. Those artists are fine. You know, the, the, but but they're established. You know, they're the ones that are playing right. stadiums and twenty thousand seaters and whatnot. It's the bands that are up and coming, the ones that I focus on on the new music spotlight, the ones we talk about when we when we talk about new music, the new bands, also bands too like L.A. Guns, you know, or right. bands like Winger or bands like whomever. You know, those mid-level bands that play mid-level theaters to clubs when they tour. They make money touring, and that's why they're always touring, but they're not making yep. any money off of the music nope. right now, no. which is uh-huh. which is a shame. I mean, you know, L.A. Guns and bands have been able to figure it out and how to make money like they were years ago. I think I could be wrong, but I think I remember Tracy Guns posting on Twitter that they're, they're making more money now or more right. successful now than right. they were in the 80s. Yeah. That's right. great, but... Again, you know they got a ba- they got a bird dog it. They got to they got to be out oh, yeah. on tour. Oh yeah, constantly to do that. Oh yeah, um, and also be expected to put out new music so people don't forget about them. Right. You know? So so that's it. Goes back to the quote where um, Daniel Ek, uh, the owner of 
Spotify, which is a Swedish company, started in 2006, by the way, and went public a couple of years ago and has stockholders. They still are losing money, they say. Um, I'm not quite I, sure I, why. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm like, uh, really? Can I turn over the books, please? Yeah. Um, because you know who's not getting any of the podcasting money, right? The label. Right. Uh, the, so all the podcasting money, they want to be the Netflix of podcasting, which a lot of people think they won't be. They've got too much competition. But none of that money is shared with anybody. Right. I mean, they so, just paid $100 million to Joe right. Rogan for right. the exclusivity. And I'm interested to see how mm-hmm. that you know, plays out. I mean, I, I do watch Joe um, Rogan quite a bit. Oh, you do? Yeah. No, I mean, I like some of his stuff. Some of the stuff I'm not too crazy about. Mm. But... But, you know, he does have interesting guests on. Um, oh, yeah. And there's also talk about them offering a, a, a boatload of money to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry ah. for a podcast. I mean, how much money are they going to, you know, they just signed a deal with, with, with Netflix to do documentaries or do whatever they're right. supposed to do. What are they going to do with Spotify and, and podcasts? So you see kind of the shift in Spotify is going towards mm-hmm. podcasts. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. podcasts out there. There's so many different platforms to do. But guess what's going to happen to the small guy? People like the Hook Rocks, you know, <laughs> is is right. You know, they're going to, you know, you, you're going to be attracted by their platform because it's got Rogan, it's got Meghan Markle, and right. Prince Harry, and whoever this and whoever that, and they're going to they're like the Britney Spears, they're like the Coldplay's of the the streaming service for music and then the small guy is not going to make anything i think the only difference with the small guy doing podcasts like myself is i don't rely on my podcast to support myself you know and i think that's the biggest difference um there might be people that do that i wouldn't advise doing that if you're just starting out but um you know you, you know so it's interesting to see how they're going to to do that and how the ship is kind of turning towards podcasting because it's such a mm-hmm. huge industry right now. But oh, you know, yeah. that's coming. And, and the only reason why they're able to pay a hundred million a Rogan is because of the amount of subscribers they have and what, the, and what they charge. So it's at 50 to 75%. I mean, you so know, how they are they losing money when they're giving Rogan a hundred million dollars? Right, right, right. Well, they claim that most of their profit and their money, well, not, I haven't turned a profit yet, most of their money is going to pay the labels, and then it's up to the labels to pay their artists, right, and the songwriters and the performers, and, and you know, the, that price is 0.004 to, you know, 0.00, you know, um, 84. Uh, so, well, actually, 0.006 to 0.0084 per stream, and some uh, some surveys out there think it's as low as zero 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 four four three seven per play. Jesus, uh, and, from and, a, and, a and let's define a play. Beautiful. Let's define a play. Like you have to get past a certain time on right. a song. So if you're yeah. listening, if you're listening to a stream and you only listen to a minute and you click on the next song, they're not getting any money for that. Nope, they are not, and. Um, so I think the bulk of their, you know, they're getting a ton of money from subscriptions and advertising. And they are, I think one of the things that they're drooling about the most is the podcasting uh, advertising pot, you know? 
their return on investment because for them, you know, so $100,000 for Joe Rogan, they're probably going to make 100 million, that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> they can make that up probably um, in what? Is it going to say two or three years? They can make that back? I, I, I don't know the I, model I know. they use, but I would imagine it's probably quicker than that. When you think See? about how many people listen to Rogan right? and, and you want to be an advertiser, right? Uh, I, I would assume it's not going to take, I, I would be surprised if Six it takes months? more than a year, you know? Right. I, yeah. So, so I don't <laughs> think it's, it's a big problem for them or it's a big worry for them to, no. to do that. Um, I know a lot of people like myself watch Rogan on YouTube and yeah, watch the interview. Watch the interviews, and I don't know how that's going to affect YouTube in terms of how they their algorithm and and what they do. So right. that's going to be interesting to fall out on that. But right. it's just crazy that people are are crying poor, like Spotify is, the record labels uh-huh. are, mm-hmm. and the people that should be crying poor over and over again are the artists. And right. the artists keep putting out new music for their fans and they're getting pardon my French they're getting fucked without Vaseline they're getting bent over and fucked by these streaming services and these record labels mm-hmm. and don't let any of these record labels and streaming services say that they're not making money bullshit bullshit it's, 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 it's just like you know when Capitol Records and just like when when Columbia Records or, or we uh, you know Warner Brothers cried poor with Napster mm-hmm. they figured it out and now they're giving it to them really hard I mean they gave it to them hard for decades too as well in terms of how much money the artists made but now they're just I mean they're yeah. they're, they're, they're not even they don't even care anymore so oh, no. you know I, I read an interesting article too about how artists need to look at themselves as a business and I yeah. know the artist the musician very few of them have business sense Right. And it's not it's, it's, it's not a negative towards them. It's not saying, Mm-mm. you know, it's just because they're artists, they're creative, they're yeah. they're into making music for the people, for their fans. You know, yep. their concentration is evolving as an artist and putting out music. Right. right. Now, you know, you could talk about the Paul Stanley's and the Gene Simmons and you could talk about the maidens who have created entities outside of the music that people buy. I mean, Maiden's got action figures for Eddie. They've got, you know, all this stuff. They got, they got their own beer. They've got everything. Kiss, of course, puts slaps the name Kiss on everything, including coffins. So the ba- basically what I'm trying to say is that if you are a new band and you are listening to this, or if you're an existing band, you need to have someone on your team with business sense. Um, oh, yeah. And someone you can trust because there's a lot of flakes and there's a lot of frauds out there. But oh, yeah. you know, someone that can brand your band and instead of relying on the streaming services, creating your own entity. Like, you know, I've often, I don't know, I don't know the answer to this because I'm not really tech, you know, savvy in terms of technology. But having a site well let's just take a, a band that we recently had on the show joyous wolf i know i talk about them mm. a lot or even south of eden who i had on previous to that mm. mm-hmm. can they create their own streaming service on their website meaning if you want to download the song it costs a dollar fifty and that dollar fifty goes right into their pocket Instead sure. of instead of them linking to Spotify or linking to Pandora, sure. 
or do like that. And do I mean I don't think a lot of bands do that though. Well, because I was talking, I all my friends are musicians, and and they're in the above a certain age range, so they're not exactly technology savvy, right? So I'm like, you need to have a. I go if you don't have a label, you need to sell your music and and have it so people can find you on Instagram, hit the link, go to your website where they can just push play, and uh, and purchase. So you have a purchase button. You want yeah. to purchase a single, an EP, five song, whatever. It goes directly into your account and it downloads onto their device, right? And that's what you want to do. And I completely cut out everybody. You know, I, I think that is a great idea. And then, you know, my, my musician friends over a certain age look at me and they're like, what? I have to have a website with the shopping cart. Wait. And if you, yeah, and if you're in a band, I mean, I mean, most most guys in bands or most musicians, they don't know how to put that together in a website. Exactly. But hire somebody. Yeah. Hire to go find but but it's even hard for them. Like, well, how do I get somebody to do that for me? I'm like, you know, and so I'm like, oh, it, it's hard to explain that. But I think that if you can just master a couple simple things, Instagram. And a, a small website, even a three-pager with a bio, the music, and links to, you know, download, you're kind of set up. Because if you can find people that like you, like I love this band called um, Tarasca I've been listening to lately. As soon as their EP comes out, I hope they put it on Bandcamp or something, and I can just go and purchase it directly from them. I, or, or not Bandcamp, they just put it on their own site. And then, you know, I can link to their own site from all these other sites and just purchase it directly from them. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing when I see bands like I just talked about, Joyous Wolf, South of Eden, releasing mm-hmm. EPs and not mm-hmm. having the physical format. For me, that's okay. that's disappointing. I know. Okay, so let, let me go back to, um, I'm getting to Daniel X, uh, a little quote here, that you can't record music every three to four years and think that's going to be enough for the streaming platforms. You know, he's talking about the whole model has changed and if artists want to make money on the streaming model, they have to change the way that they create and release music, right? So that's, I noticed a recent trend with several new rock bands that I'm following that are releasing singles first um, because Spotify rewards the single. The single is going to try and get on a sponsored playlist and the sponsored playlist is the new chart, is the new top 40. So, you know, what Dan, what the CEO of this company is saying, if you want to make money on my platform, okay, you're going to have to create music on an almost constant basis, release them as singles, and then put out an EP or an LP after a certain amount of time that your single is eligible for playlisting, right? Um, and you have to do it all the time. And so for the musician who's on his own or the band that's just starting out and they need to go into a recording studio, where's that money coming from if they're not touring and you can't make a living on live streaming? Facebook just cut out live streaming too this week. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So they, Facebook, and they, and they said it's because of copyright issues. Oh, I heard something about that. They're like, they're like, every creator has to be totally responsible for the copyright, and it's just too much of a hassle for them, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand the rational thinking. I mean, Facebook is this huge entity. I mean, they, they can't figure it out to help these people, you know, make money and, 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 and do that off of streaming. I just, you know, the live stream is where people are making money. So they're going to go to YouTube. That's going to be the only place you're going to be able to find, um, you know, a live stream versus Facebook. Um, well, here comes Spotify again, and this will go to a larger conversation of how we consume and purchase and discover music. But they now want to be the new um, ticket broker for live streaming. So, you know, in the past, when you're on Spotify and you like a band, often when you you hit their follow or you look at their, their profile, uh, they'll say, live in concert, it has a link to an event, and you can click on the event, and then you can purchase tickets through Spotify, but it takes you to the, you know, Eventbrite or, or Live Nation or Ticketmaster or whatever it is. So Spotify is already kind of set up to capture people buying tickets. So their latest, what I hear they want to do, their latest is they want to get a slice of every single ticket sold for live streaming and they want to become the live streaming platform to will all the others. And then that goes to my question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the artist—the only way the artist is is making money is by touring. You, let's just take the pandemic and the live stream out of it, right? So right. now, so now they were—that's gone. They can't tour right now. No. Um, you know, there's certain festivals, certain areas they could do, but that's another conversation for another time. But yeah. So now they're relying on live streaming, and they're trying to—they're attempting to make the same amount of money they can touring. Maybe the percentage will be much smaller, probably. But now you've got Spotify coming in, paying their <laughs> artists basically shit on the dollar. Okay? And now they want a slice of live streaming, which if you're a band and, you know, Ticketmaster or whatever mm-hmm. the other platforms are are making a percentage in the live stream. Now Spotify comes in and takes a slice of it. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. gonna? I mean, I mean, is someone gonna live stream when they're only getting like fifteen percent of what they were getting six months ago live streaming? So what's the point? What's the motivation for them to live stream? You know, it, you know. Well, see, they want to get some of that BTS money. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, they right. Do. They want they they want that twenty million dollars in one day for for streaming. They want a slice of every ticket. They want a ticket live event on their platform. And I mean, to me, it's like wow. <laughs> how 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 many ways can you screw a songwriter? <laughs> how many ways Absolutely. can you screw an artist? That's you know, why that's why the ways? artists the artists have to take it upon themselves and I know it sucks because you want to create music <laughs> and they all they want to do is perform and create but they got to instead of they they have to figure out a way to have it on their website streamed on their website mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and charge people a, you know yeah. 15 20 bucks to see their hour stream yeah. or whatever whatever the cost is and I, they've got to figure out how to bundle digital downloads uh-huh. in the physical copy. I, I tell you what, I would buy a lot of music on a lot of these new bands. And I, I know a lot of people out there would do the same for 15 bucks or 16 bucks or whatever. I would buy the physical copy of the EP 
okay, uh-huh. and the digital copy. I would spend 15 exactly. bucks on that. I would definitely spend right. 15 bucks because I would have it on my computer, and then I would have right. the physical copy. You know, and right. then guess what? All that money, obviously, you've got to print up the CD, and if you're on an independent yeah. label, you've got to pay, yeah. you know, the distribution and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that cost all goes into, it. and obviously, yeah. the, the 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 payment platform you're on takes a percentage of the payment. Yeah. But compared to how they're getting screwed by uh-huh. Spotify and the streaming services, right. I'd have to think that keeping eighty percent of the money is better than getting. Point zero 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 four three seven of a penny on a play. I'm telling you, you have to start looking at yourselves. And it's even like we talked about when I had Julian Douglas on the show back uh-huh. in, gosh, was it April or May or whenever it was? Uh-huh. It was, you know, we talked about sponsorship too for tours. You know, if if this does affect you know, these small clubs and how much capacity they can have in, you know, the, the inside the club or inside the theater, you know, to help up, help offset that cost. You have to have someone getting out there and saying, Hey, I've got three bands that I'm packaging together, the three new bands. And this is what they're doing on YouTube right now. This is what they're doing on Spotify. This is, you know, all the statistics. And you present that to a liquor company or, you know, a surfboard company, whatever it is, to help offset the cost of touring. And you get, you know, maybe maybe the surfboard company pays for your transportation. They, they sponsor the show and they'll put the bill for your bus and for your, you know, your eating expenditures and, and, and what you, you know, all that stuff, right? Hotels and everything. And then, and then you've got the liquor company that, you know, only Miller products can be sold during the show or only Bud right. products can be sold during the show. Right. And they give you an X amount of dollars, you know, for how much is they, they give you a, a rate and then there's different tiers. Well, you sold this much, so we'll give you this much and so on and so forth. There's got to be a way that the bands can take some of this back. And there's a lot of different ways to be creative. They're creative with music. They can think of ways to, to, you know, different right. forms of revenue. You've got to have different ways of generating revenue if you're a band, you can't rely on the streaming service because that's going to be shit. No. You don't know no. what the what the live, you know, no, it's, circuit's it's going to be. Yeah, you don't know what the yeah. live circuit's going to be when everything does get back to normal or somewhat normal, you know? So you, you, you have to start thinking about that now. And if if a bunch of new bands band together and they create a network – and they have even better, you know, like, like people always talked about Walmart, right? Walmart has a reputation and now Amazon obviously has a reputation of basically killing mom pop businesses, small businesses in a, in a neighborhood. So if Walmart comes into your town and they lower the price on everything, there's no reason to go to the craft shop owned by, such and such a person because you yeah. can get that same product at Walmart 15% less or 20% less. There's no reason for you to go to a mom pa liquor store when you can go get the same liquor at Walmart for 15 to 20% less. So what they do is they str- they strangle the mom pa businesses and put them out of business because oh, and, yeah, th- and then when everyone's out of business that's when they raise the price. So it's the same idea with a, a network of, of new bands. So if you have, you know, 10 bands on YYZ network or 10 bands on, 
you know, West Coast Network. I'm just using this. Right. Is, it could be however many bands you want where they handle the promotion. They handle the, the booking of the gigs. They handle sponsorships. They handle, mm-hmm. you know, developing your own streaming platform on your own website. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how to find a way to kind of work with both the streaming services and you in YouTube while having that on your site. If you have a network and, you know, the same three bands are going out here and these three bands are going out here and they're banding together to maximize their efforts. I think that's where, but see, but again, bands don't think like that or very few do, you know, because, because their, their minds not built that way. Their minds built to create music. So that's really, I think what needs to happen. I mean, Spotify and Pandora and all these other streaming sites are great for Taylor Swift and Beyonce and Coldplay and they're they're fine, you know, but for the Joyce Wolves, for the South of Edens, Uh for bands overseas, like massive wagons and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. It's not, it's not helping them. And now if they want to take over streaming and get a slice of streaming, they're going to get fucked (laughs) even more. You know, I mean, mean, that's just the way it is. It's terrible. Well, streaming revenues are up across the board. Um, it's not going away, and and you're right. Bands need to figure out a way for a new model for them. User centric, uh, blockchain selling uh, directly to your fans. You know that's what you're talking about. Uh, speaking of sponsorship, so the guy uh, Tristan Yehan or, or Jehan J E H O N, he was the director of research at Spotify. He left, and he has not been kind to Spotify since his departure. Uh, artists are um, get paid low, blame it on the labels. Um, he is starting a new company that is hooking up bands with sponsorship. That's his new company. That's the and future. So, I think that's a huge, right? huge part of the right. future of music. I do too. I do too. I absolutely do. And to go back to live stream, um, you know, I've tested all the live stream uh, apps now and wow, they've got some room for improvement. Um, I tried Stage It which doesn't have a code for you to cast to your home system. So you pay the money and they have some kind of a coupon deal, which drives me crazy as a consumer. If I want to buy something, I just want to push a button, put my credit card info, get the ticket. That's it. I don't want to exchange coupon points or anything, whatever they're doing. It was driving me crazy. But the number one thing is I needed to go to my home theater. I'm not watching. I'm not paying $15 to watch Ian Thornley and uh, Big Rec, who I love, on my phone or my laptop, right? So that that definitely has to change. And there's apparently two or three new um, live streaming companies being hatched every day trying to figure this out. But what I think Spotify wants to do is come in and be the Netflix of live streaming. You know, I think they want to have them... Spotify be the one-stop shop for everything music for the consumer, right? And that begs the question, we've talked about it many times, you know, does that make discovery easier or does that make everything worse that you're kind of force-fed whatever is going into Spotify? I can't answer that question. I mean, my initial reaction is, Yes, I have always believed that there are too many platforms, okay? Mm-hmm. The, I think less is more in terms of discovering music, in terms of, you know, ways to have new music fed to you. However, after I had that initial reaction, when I hear of Spotify doing this, how Spotify has a reputation of screwing artists, the screwing will only continue. 
And, you know, if you're a big name artist, like we've been talking about, you'll be fine and you won't have a care in the world about it. But when you're in a new band and you're trying to build an audience, having that one-stop shop could really impact you and affect you. So I don't know. I, I think the best way to do it, to me, is each individual band or a network of, of bands come together and they have, you know, there's, they, they basically sell right to the consumer on their, on their sites. You know, I mean, that's the way I would do it. I would figure that way out. I mean, if you're, if you're Roadrunner records or if you're, you know, Earache records or wherever you're, you're making music on these smaller labels, maybe they help out. Maybe they start building these networks, you know, um, I don't know. That would be a great idea. I mean, I there's a couple companies out of the UK and I think one out of Dubai that are offering bands uh, to set up a site all bla- all based on blockchain, which basically is a recorded transaction between two people. Mm-hmm. And so what it does, it, it really does allow um, musicians, copyright holders, I'm going to say, so not labels. Well, I guess maybe labels could use blockchain, right? But in, independent artists who own their own content, their own copyrights and their masters can have a website using blockchain to track all their transactions all over the world. And it cuts out distribution. It can cut out ASCAP. It can cut out BMI, I would think, uh, because you're selling, basically you're licensing it to an individual to use that music that you're licensing them. So it's, it's like a, like a private license to each individual consumer user centric. Yeah. So there are other models, you know, but the problem is the Spotify is so big and so gigantic and so many bands feel that it's so important. You know, we have to go and pre-save and we have to try and get them on a playlist and we have to, you know, fight and claw our way through Spotify to help, you know, new bands I'm always liking you know the cold stairs and uh, you know, bad touch and everybody I possibly can on Spotify to help them even though Jay I'll say this on this podcast I canceled my subscription um, like about a week after that interview came out with um, the CEO Daniel Eck because I thought it was so disrespectful to artists and songwriters and musicians that if he is that disrespectful and he owns and you know runs he's a CEO has a stock in a company that's so callous um, and disregards their content so publicly I just didn't feel comfortable at all giving them my money so I canceled I can't fault you there (laughs) I think you know when I read that myself I was kind of taken aback that somebody was that arrogant uh-huh. as to basically you know because what what he doesn't say is you make more music we'll keep taking more of your of, of your art of your of your of your of your song we'll keep taking more money that should be in your hands you know is what he's That's you know, exactly what it was you know it was like thank you for the for the free product go fuck yourself yeah you know have a nice day Eating top this is such a no. yeah, this is a topic that just gets me really fired up if you can't yeah. you know, if you can tell yeah, it just too. because it's it's just <laughs> I too. love music and I love you know the the 
new bands that are coming. I love interacting with artists and, and interviewing them and talking with them. I just, I, I don't know what the, what the correct answer is, but I just think that the things we mentioned here are places to start. And maybe they're not viable ways to create revenue. But let's maybe figure it out. Let's figure it out. Let's see if it is. Because, like I said, if anything can happen, you know, if, you know, let, let Spotify have the big fish. Let, let them have the big artists that are eating. Let them, let, them, let them have all that. But then as far as the newer artists or the mid-level artists that have been around for, for a while, and when I say mid-level, that's not a knock on them or anything. It's just the audience that they have. doesn't mean, right. you know, let, let's say, I, I will say this, just because it's, it's more popular doesn't mean it's good. Okay. There's a lot of popular songs and popular artists out there that are shit. Okay. So, I mean, we saw that in the Super Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, you know, but but my point is is that let's figure it out, but but the fans have to support these acts. And this is why I say I talk about it so much about new music. And I know there's people starting to turn the corner with Hey, this new stuff isn't bad. You know, though this band's right. really good. And I, I see that happening. And, you know, I, I know, you know, when you post something, you're hoping that, you know, you get a certain percentage of views or comments or likes based on the certain amount of followers you have. You can't look at it that way. If I can turn one, two people every time I post something, it's one, two you know, more people. If, if, if you post something or if Chris Corradetti posts something or mm-hmm. Robin the Hood or Teresa from the UK or what Anastella does out in the UK too with what she does. You know, we'd love to be the, the, we'd love to have the impact that we dream of. You know, we post something and, you know, it just skyrockets for this band. That's not reality. Okay. Rock and roll is irrelevant right now. So it's an uphill battle, but here's my thing. If you don't have the patience or if you don't have the wherewithal to be part of those, this battle that we're fighting for rock and roll, get out of the game. Get out of the game. If you're doing it for reasons, you know, because you want hits or you want this or whatever, that's not why I'm doing this. You know, I mean, I, I love interviewing these new bands. I love exposing them. If someone digs them, great. If five people dig them, great. If next time I post them, ten people dig them, great. It's got to start somewhere, and that's how it works. That's that's just how it works, and I, I believe rock and roll is going to have an explosion once things go back to normal. I do know Hopefully. there's a, there's a concern <laughs> about the venues that yeah. you know, and we're going to talk about that in another episode because we had an off uh, off air conversation about it. But I do believe in supply and demand. If rock and roll truly does explode, there will be a place for them to play. May not be. Yeah. May not be immediate, but yep. there will be a place if if it truly does do that. So, but getting back to you know the streaming services and how these bands need to figure it out, I will tell my listener, and I've said this before, CD is still the best digital format out there, except it's- for one thing. I have a little stat here. So overall, that's taken a hit. Yes, this year, yes. CD sales. And physical copies of albums are down. Yes, the um, lowest since '86, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 really bad. Um, but the good news, even though that it's dramatically down, vinyl has still continued to outsell CD. I, yeah, 
People want the damn records. I, I know. I have. I, I don't know. I don't know. That to me is, I, I have vinyl. I collect vinyl. Okay. And yeah, I if, if I want a more intimate sound, I'll listen to a vinyl. But if I want the best quality sound, it's CD. It is CD. You get the physical connection to it. Okay. Right. And you get, it's digital. So it's, it's better than any well, streaming service that's out there. It's, it's, that's a fact. Just, just keep one thing in mind. New cars don't come with CD makes. I know. CD that's anymore. why, that's so, why when I bought a car like two months ago, I didn't, I didn't buy a brand new car. I bought the last year model with a CD player. Right. I have a new car and my friend gets in the car. He's, you know, my friend, my musician friend, one of them. He's like, okay, I'll put, I'm going to put this. I, we just mastered this. I want to put it in your CD player. And I'm like, dude, this is a brand new car. I don't got a CD player. And of course he was like, what yeah. are you, what? That's a big and blow. That's a big blow. It, so if the, if you can't, if cars moving forward in the future don't have CD players, right. Uh, that kind of spills the end of that because, I, you really have to hunt down a CD player and you've got to hunt down an amplifier and you've got to hunt down and that. The amplifier one is like $1,500. And I'm like, yeah. geez, yeah. to play a CD, to play, play, you know, am I going to do that? No, but I, I buy it. I bought a turntable. But at the same time, though, you know? I mean, you can't, you can't put a turntable in a car, you know? No, you can't, but you can stream in a car. So yeah. I think, you know, I mean, again, I I canceled Sirius too because I only use Sirius in my car. I didn't use Sirius in my house at all because I have so many other things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I you get in a brand new car and you either hook it up, you hook up your phone, you know, to Bluetooth, and you run your Spotify playlist or your Amazon or Deezer apparently and whatever, um, or or you know, or you play the radio or you play Sirius. But you're not putting in a CD player, right? And so you don't, you know, you have a CD player there, and then you're a young millennial or what have you, our target audience, hopefully, eventually. And you have a home system, but what do you have at your home? You get your iPad and maybe a couple speakers or something, or your iPhone. You know, most millennials aren't running out to, you know, or shopping on eBay for vintage, you know, amplifiers and stuff, putting a whole kit together. But I, some of them are, enough of them are doing it to for albums to outsell CDs. So, you know, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it definitely is a big hit to the CD format when you can't play a CD in a car. Um, you know, that's 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 a big deal. Now, as a father, I bought my then. How old was he? Eleven, twelve. It's on his gaming system, right? You can listen to CDs. I, I bought him. I bought him a stereo <laughs> with speakers. What? You know, so so now he has. He's got about forty to fifty CDs. So he listens to the CD. Damn. You know, so you have to. You know, I said on last episode that you know start telling your kids to stop listening to rock music because then they'll listen to it more. Use reverse <laughs> psychology. Yeah. You know? Go out and buy your kid for Christmas. <laughs> a CD player with speakers and buy them a handful yeah. of CDs. That's your job Absolutely. as a parent. As a, if you're a parent and you're listening, that's what you need to do. Um, but it's just, yeah. I mean, when you look at the CD format dying, even though I still buy mm-hmm. CDs, I still love my CDs and the vinyl seeing a resurgence 
you know, in the streaming. I mean, it's almost like streaming is is it's going to be there when the CD's gone and the vinyl is going to be like a special thing for people to connect with the music mm-hmm. and give them that physical connection. But I'm disappointed because I still think CD is digital. It's You get a physical connection to it, and it still yeah. sounds better than Spotify, Pandora, iTunes, Amazon, yeah. whatever you use. It sounds better. But, I know. Oh, my. Oh, but it doesn't seem to be going that way, Jay. No. It, you know, the numbers don't bear that out. The numbers bear. The, it points to the eventual extinction of CDs, unfortunately, I think. I mean, you know, and so having had a person, you know, I had over 1,500 CDs and, like, you know, in my lifetime, over six or 7,000 albums. But, the, you know, I was a DJ in the music business, so it would make sense I had that volume. I moved to Europe and I had to sell all that stuff because you don't, you don't move, you know, 700 pounds of vinyl across the, across the ocean. Uh, you know, but I don't, I don't know what the kids are going to, you know, really be into moving forward, but the numbers for, for streaming seem to indicate that that's really kind of where everything is moving. Well, it's the ease of use. Like we said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, it's easy for people to stream. You mentioned it with your phone and everything. It's, it's the convenience of doing it and you and whatever product you come out with, whatever's the most convenient is usually going to win. You know, when, when you have whatever it is, whatever gives you something that's more quote unquote efficient in terms of getting it, you're probably going to, most people are going to run towards that. Um, right, you know, and that begs my question: Is Spotify efficient? Is it going to be the one-stop shop? Is that their goal? I get the feeling from reading every article about them that this company really wants to be the number one music one-stop shop for everything: live streaming, podcasting. Uh, Which say twenty-one percent of their subscribers are also listening to the podcast, right? So. Uh, podcasting um do they do they do the live ticketing do they get a slice of that when events come back they're already getting a slice of that right that's already set up uh you know are they gonna let musicians and bands sell their music right on their platform and take another slice off that i don't know yeah i i think though that the smaller artists the you know with the smaller audience need to start banding yeah. together and creating yeah. networks, creating, getting sponsorships for, for things. Cause I think that's the wave of the future. Let, like I said, let the bigger artists be on the spot Spotify platform because what's going to happen too is, you know, Spotify is going to try to create this thing. And then iTunes or Pandora <laughs> is going to come along and, you know, try to be a competitor. So right. does that mean, some artists will be exclusive to Spotify. Some artists will be exclusive right. to iTunes. And then that doesn't, your, your, your one-stop shop doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know, or, you know, how does that affect YouTube where YouTube does a I lot know. of streaming, does a lot of live streaming and stuff like yep. that. Where's YouTube going to come, come into play on this? Um, so it's, very good question. It's, it's, it's very complicated, but <sighs> as far as the newer artists, the newer bands, the smaller artists with smaller audiences, st- you know what? Start becoming your own business, your own entity. Start 
having things on your website where people can buy directly. I know there's merch and there's all mm-hmm. that stuff. You can you know buy a digital download, but I I would love it to have a band have all that on their website. You know, I know yep. Bandcamp links and I know all this other stuff. That stuff's great, but if I'm going on southofeden.com or joyouswolf.com and I can buy a bundle with, you know, the physical mm-hmm. copy with the, with the EP, with, with yep. the, with the digital download for 15 bucks, boom, yep. and it goes right to your pocket. If you want to have another exactly. tier, tier bundle with a t-shirt or a hat or, yep. you know, whatever, do that stuff. And I know some bands do it, but take it to that next level. And then when you guys go out and tour, you know, create that network of bands where, you know, let's say there's 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 six bands that are on a particular network and three bands go on this tour, three bands go on that. And they cross, you know, they intersect with each other. And then this band goes on tour with this these two other bands and whatever. It's constantly changing up. I think that would be so awesome and so cool for, for people to do that. Don't let new rock and roll be what happened to the Rival Sons. All right. Rival Sons have been around for over 10 years. And people are finally listening to them. And they're going, right. this band's awesome. How come I didn't know about I them know. before? Because right. you don't listen to new music. You think it all right. sucks. That's why you never <laughs> heard of them before. So yeah, don't let that I, happen with Dirty Honey. Don't let that happen with with um, Tuck Smith. Don't let that happen with Joyce Wolf, South of Eden, all these bands that you know we, we show on our on our Twitter you know feed or Facebook or whatever. Don't let that happen. Listen to the stuff. Stop having that that closed-minded bullshit point of view that all new music after 1992 sucks. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you're totally right because I, I've been doing the live stream thing, watching live streams and seeing who's doing it right, who's not doing it right. And I know we discussed at one point, I was like, you know, bands are going to have to monetize the live stream with things like you just mentioned, a bundle. Like, would I pay $20 for a live stream if I get, like, uh, an EP? Yeah. You know, or could I get an album sent yes, to me? Yes. Or, or a sticker and patch and a pen and an autograph, you know, picture? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and what they're doing is they're doing live meet and greet after or before. So you pay a premium, you know, and you have a VIP experience. Albeit, you know, it's on Zoom and it's on, you're on your couch or whatever. But you're still hanging out with, like, the band. I know uh, I think Neon Coven or did that and so did um it was a Neon Coven and uh LA Guns and people paid, you know, a hundred bucks and got a swag and and the live stream and then they get to keep the live stream and then they get to have a ten or fifteen, twenty minute hangout with the band. So, you know, that's one way to do it. Now I I know I just collectively heard all the new bands go yeah, Christy, but where are we getting the money to print the T-shirts and get the CDs made? And, you know, that sounds really great, but we've got, we have to pay for recording time and we have mixing aids, you know, mixers to pay and producers to pay and a publicist. And I get it, you know. I do too. Not to really, I do too. You know, I get it. And, and, I, and I hear your frustration, but I tell you, if I post a picture of all of the stuff that I have bought since this pandemic I'm going to have to put a few pictures because I really have gone directly to artists website and purchased directly from them from the cold stairs from Abby Kaplan from Dirty Honey Dirty Honey has a great website uh, to to purchase Um, really easy I bought a little I have a Dirty Honey um, face mask you know (laughs) 
I have a Prince face mask. I go, although well, Prince didn't need the money and rest in peace, but I go to, I don't go to Amazon. I don't go to, you know, any other third party seller. I really love to go directly to the band. And I hope that money does go directly to help them purchase recording time and press CDs and, and albums. Yeah, I, I only use Amazon when I can't find it somewhere. You know, um, or Mm -hmm. Discog, you know, if I can't, if I'm looking for something released 20 years ago and, Mm -hmm. you know, I only use it for that, but I do too. I I buy directly from the website of the band and, you know, because even though, you know, that there's a certain percentage that's taken off CDs or whatever, it does the most, the majority of the money goes right to the pocket of the artist. And maybe, you know, maybe, um, you know, it goes in stages, you know, for those bands that are saying just what Christy said, you know, where am I going to get the money to do the t-shirts? Maybe, maybe you focus on live streaming first, you know, or maybe you, maybe you do like an initial run. Um, you know, like if, if, if a band does, they print out like, you know, a thousand CDs or 5,000 CDs. And then, you know, this one, you know, this one's autographed. So the, so the next 1500 people that buy will get an autographed copy and then when those run out, you print up another one, and maybe it has something right. a little different. Maybe you change the color scheme on it, you know, instead of red exactly. lettering. Like Led Zeppelin used to do that all the time. They, you know, like the debut album by Led Zeppelin originally had a turquoise blue lettering instead of right. the instead of the orange lettering that everyone knows, you know, right. about that. That blue lettering now, if you want to find <laughs> that, that's that that's on my bucket list of vinyls <laughs> to have. That's like twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars if you were to find that. So I can't purchase that until after my son's done with college. So, but I mean, but but that's what I'm saying. So like, let's say you do a run of your CD with with the red lettering, and then all of a sudden you do one with blue lettering or orange lettering or what a yellow lettering. So it's like a different type of, and you only do like five hundred of those, and it gives right. another reason. So that's what you got to do to be like you know kind of creative, like constantly burning the wood and, and, and creating new revenue streams to do that. Or, you know, maybe you, maybe, you know, every five or every, or every 10 of the 500, you know, has a different color CD. It's got like a different, you know, whatever it is. So that's what you do. That's because people like myself and there's thousands of us that will, will have three different versions of an album, even though the songs are the same, but I got this cover. I got this cover. I mean, look at Motley Crue when they had the John Karate, oh, yeah. you know, the yellow, the yellow uh, album and the red album. They did two of them. And how many Motley Crue fans have both of them? The majority of them. So. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to monetize your live stream, I watched the Neon Coven, which was from the Monsters of Rock Cruise. I guess they have a real nice studio. And if you can get booked into the studio, they charge me 10 bucks. You could have watched the stream, I think, for 5 bucks, And for 10 bucks, they sent me a pen. I just had to, they had a um, management team kind of overseeing the ordering and the shipping. I typed in my address. I paid my $10. And a couple weeks later, I got a nice little neon coven pen in the mail, right? And that hopefully out of that $10, they got eight, right? Yeah. But it all starts and, somewhere, you know? Right. When you're, when you're live streaming, really, there's no, there's no band, there's no bandwidth limit. Right. Well, I guess there is, but they've got to figure it out. So, you know, you can, you can sell a ticket to as many people to buy a ticket. And that goes back to engagement and goes back to Daniel X 
which the only thing I think that he said right is that the more you engage with the audience and your fan base, the more it's going to pay off for you. I agree with and, that, yeah. And yeah. that's the only thing I really agree with him on now. And if the young bands out there listening is like, I know it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I was talking with a guy in um, England yesterday, and he, I said, when's your next single coming out? And he's like, oh, Christy, October, we're really it's a struggle with the COVID and everything. We can't even get recording time. And obviously finances are hard right now and they're going to try and get the album out. And I know another band that's going to probably have to have a GoFundMe or Indiegogo to get the album mixed and mastered and out and distributed. And they want to print vinyl. So they might just have a vinyl raising, you know, GoFundMe. So I know it's a struggle. Um, but I think if your fans really love you and you, I engage with so many bands on Twitter and Instagram and love them and support them. And they're responsive to me. One, the more responsive you are to your fans, the more they're going to love you and the more they're going to share and buy your music. Absolutely. That, that, that is, that is a hundred percent true. I mean, you know, I was even thinking while you were talking, like if people are doing live streams on YouTube and they're, <laughs> and they're selling, you know, access to that live stream, you know, $10, you know, you know, the first 100 or the first 200 get access to the live stream. Plus they get a physical copy of our latest EP, you know, and it's, and it's 25 bucks or, or whatever, you know, like, you know, certain tiers, like you mentioned, hanging out with the band afterwards, you know, like you get a full oh, bundle, yeah. you get a full bundle of, you get merchandise, you get the live stream and you get to hang out. You know, fifty bucks, forty bucks, whatever. Do it. Yeah. I'm there. Joyous Wolf is having a live stream coming up, and I'm looking at my options. Uh, they've got a lot of nice tiers. I love t-shirts. I am a you know. <laughs> don't ask me about my t-shirts, but I can't go to a concert and not get like two or three t-shirts. That's just me. So I'm going to get the bundle with the t-shirt. You know, I want that. I want that. I didn't go to the event, but it was a live streaming event. And I kind of want a commemorative t-shirt. <laughs> so fans who really love you will find a tier that fits for them, and they'll be happy to support you, you know, if they can, right? Well, and- I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm even at, at the point, too. I'm a type of person that if I know there's a CD being sold at a show and I can't get it online, I will go to that show with the mission of buying that CD. Okay. And, you know, again, you know, a a way to generate revenue, a, you know, when, when touring does start again, only sold at our shows, you can't buy this online. You can't buy this anywhere. It's only sold at our shows and tell people about that. Tell people that you can only get this here because it'll bring in people. I mean, how many times have I been to a show where I know you can't get a CD? Like Kotzen is a huge, you know, he, he, he puts out CDs, on, on his tour that you can't buy online anymore. Or if you do exactly. find them online, they're like really expensive. Right. So like he does, he does things like that. Well, he'll have a limited run of CDs, but if he advertised that, Hey, I'm selling this CD at my shows, you can't find it anywhere, but it's available. I imagine he would sell more tickets because people would want to go buy that CD. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, somebody who's doing a great job of that is William Duvall. He is uh, using Instagram to talk directly to you know, at his audience and say, look, I'm going to have a live stream. 
it's five bucks. But during the live stream, I'm auctioning off some like really special merch, one of a kind press. He's giving away, pre- you know, test pressings from records. You have to go in and bid on them, and the highest bidder are getting them as his own personal collection, right? Really rare, really cool stuff. And he's talking directly to his fans. And he's like, we're printing, we raised enough money to print 500 more albums, uh, copies of my albums, and they're going out. I mean, so if you want, young bands want to see, like, how somebody's really using uh, social media properly to monetize everything right now, take a look at William Duvall. And if you don't know who he is, he is the lead singer with uh, the band Alice in Chains. And he, he has a solo acoustic career on the side, and he's incredible. But, you know... He's not a songwriter on all those early catalogs. So, you know, he's not getting mail money. Right. Right. Yeah. He's not getting, so, uh, you know, jar of flies money. So. Right. He's not getting, uh, so, you know, he's not, he's not Derek Kentrell. So young bands look at, at some of the people that are out there doing it really well and don't copy them exactly, but you can follow the path. Right. There's so many different opportunities out there. I just wish you know, someone would get behind some of these bands or these bands would look to you know, hire someone or find someone to work with that does have some business sense that does have maybe a reputation. And then, you know, you know, you're not talking about investing thousands of dollars or maybe, no. you know, someone's not going to run off with your money because you can see the product and you can see how much is being sold and you can demand those numbers um, right. to make sure that you are getting what you're supposed to get. But even if someone just sets up the infrastructure for you on a website, yeah. you can manage it yourself or your manager can okay. do it. And you could see, you know, people are buying this, people are buying that, doing a exactly. limited run of this. There are fans like myself that if I know that there is a limited run of CDs, shirts, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> it is, bump, a, a bumper sticker, yeah, I, I, will, I will find a way to buy that stuff. And there's a, every, exactly. every band has those, you know, some are, have more, some have less, but that's what you got to tap into because you ain't making money on the streaming touring right now has come to a screeching halt. Right. Don't know when right. that's going to come back. And right. you and I both have thoughts on that. We'll share it another time. Exactly. But, um, that's okay. what's got to happen. You know, you know, don't put all your hope and faith in Spotify. You know, I mean, I know that I see a lot of bands really scrambling and really, you know, tilting at that windmill to get all those streams and likes and follows and pre-saves. And, you know, it's a lot of energy spent for that whopping return. <laughs> zero, 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 four, three, seven, right, right. right? So, you know, I always, I career coach on the side and I'm like, don't spend all your time uploading your resume online right spend 20% doing that spend 80% networking and engaging with people that you want to work with I was just going to mention that I'm in I'm in sales I've been in sales for over 20 years very early on I had a mentor say something to me that has stuck with me throughout my whole career don't spend 80% of your time on 20% of the money that you're going to make you know spend 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 20% on what's going to pay you 20% and 80% on what's going to pay you 80% and you'll be successful and it's the same I think think it applies to everything you know so take that for what it is but I think that what's that's that's what needs to be done yep 
Well, Christy, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for doing another episode. God, it's been a while since you've been on. I think it was March that you were on really? last time. March or April, oh. I want to say. Um, so that was before the whole... Oh, it was, was kind of like right at the beginning. Time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was at the beginning. Oh, yeah. God. That's right. It was right at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. I think well, we thanks were... for having me, Jay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good with you. And there will be an announcement about the show coming up and what direction we're going to be going in a couple of weeks. Christy's going to be a part of that. So look for that on the Twitter feed. So be excited about that. So stay tuned for that. And Christy's always a great guest. Always love having her on. Thanks again. Thank you. All right, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. Adjusting to the suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.